0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Danger Room, the X-Men Comic Commentary Podcast. My name is Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we are here to discuss Uncanny X-Men number 281, It's Back Baby, cover date of uh, October 1991, on sale August 13th of 1991, cover price of a dollar, 32 pages. This one's titled Fresh Upstart. Isn't isn't the... uh, isn't the X-Men proper or weren't those guys the upstarts? Uh, so two teams of upstarts?
1: I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess uh well the 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 villain here are the upstarts.
0: Yeah, so I thought to um, what was it? I'm going to say Tatsuo. Yeah, no, Matsuo? Matsuo.
1: Matsuo, yep.
0: And uh and Fenris, I thought they referred to themselves as the upstarts.
1: Yeah. And, well, and we get a new character oh, here who is also an upstart.
0: Is he part of their gang?
1: Well, I had to do a little research, and I'm going to forget it all, but evidently, yes, he is a part of their gang.
0: Okay, so it's all connected. Well, good on good on Jim Lee and Wills Partacio for figuring that out.
1: Well, it's not clearly spelled out in this issue, so I don't know if we're going to get that information over time, or... it's
0: okay if it's not spelled out clearly in this issue, as long as it's spelled out someday.
1: Well, it's spelled out in a wiki, so that means it must have been <laughs> spelled out in comics. Okay. <laughs> um, this is X-Men, yeah, like you said, number 281, a mutant milestone, desperate alliances, gatefold cover. Is that what we'd call this, or is it just a front and back cover, which is not gatefold?
0: Uh, I guess it's just a front and back, because gatefold is the ones that they fold out, right?
1: I think you're right. So it's a front and back. You, you fold the thing open, and boom, you got Storm and Jean and Colossus on the front, Angel and Iceman on the back, and they're all fighting some sentinels
0: and I was as I was rereading this, I was thinking to myself, "What is the desperate alliance that they make, but there actually is an alliance, and it's kind of desperate, I guess,
1: yeah, well, I
0: don't know that a new team is born though,
1: well, I think this is the the gold team, right, yeah, yeah, so it's the birth of the gold team,
0: all right, fine. <laughs> I don't feel like that's so much a new team. So much as just the division of the team that was already formed in X Men One through Three.
1: Right. Um, I don't know. This this sold this sold. I mean, I have how many copies of this issue do you have?
0: So I have like seven or eight, but uh, and there's a, there's a story behind that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we've sort of told that story before. But go ahead, Adam, tell it again.
0: Uh, I mean, it's basically we were at what was it? So so where we grew up. When as little kids, it was a podunk town in upstate New York and they had a place called Ames or Amos, depending on (laughs) culturally uh, into the town you were. Right. Um, And uh, when we we were at Amos Ames one day, we usually only went there to get video games and whatnot. Um, They had those those like three packs or four packs of comic books and uh on one of the issues in the four pack of comic books was 281 of uncanny x-men and our eyes lit up and we said these are worth something these are going to be worth something yeah so we opened up all the copies they had we shoved them down our pants <laughs> and we walked out of the store and then who should pull up as we were pulling them out of our pants but my mom <laughs> And she sees me pulling all these comic books out of my pants and she says, get in the car. <laughs> so I hand off my comics to you. Right. Just so, so I don't have any evidence. Yeah. But I, she drove you home, right?
1: I, no, because this was a, a period in time where I lived like two houses down from Ames.
0: Okay. So maybe she offered to drive you home and you were like,
1: no, thank you. Mrs. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably like, oh, my God, I'm going to get in so much. No, I'm good. Thanks. I'll walk.
0: Uh yeah. So so yeah, that I was grounded <laughs> for a good month or so. And uh and then uh Winter Vacation Carnage 2 was recast <laughs> Scott in my role. Yep. Yep. It was very sad. Yep. Winter Vacation
1: Carnage was I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to claim responsibility my my brain child for our little home movies in which we used lots of red t- tempera paint uh for the blood effects. My rationale was that, and I don't know why I figured this, but I, we, we, we did a lot of putting it in our mouth and then getting hit and then spitting it out. For some reason, I decided that tempera paint wasn't poisonous, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you guys all believed me, so we, we did many scenes where all of us had spitting blood takes with tempera paint. That's uh, pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, and so Adam was the protagonist in the first one, and then he was grounded for a while, as I recall. I think
0: it was a month. Yeah. Because <laughs> my mom was mad.
1: Yeah. And the strange thing is, and maybe I never gave you those back, or maybe I did it later.
0: Did. I It might have been after the month, but okay. yeah, because I, I have them now.
1: Okay. But there was no, like, I got home kind of expecting her to call my parents and be like, do you know what your son was doing? But it never got that call. She didn't make us, like, return the comics, even though I'm sure she saw the handoff.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess <laughs> I guess she was just mad, and that was punishment enough. And I mean, I, I, I was certainly, I, uh, I don't like it when my
1: mom's mad. Well, no, but the other thing I thought was, I mean, she, she knew, but I, I always felt that there was plausible deniability to be like, oh yeah, we totally bought these, but you didn't even yeah, want to go down shut that path. Up on right. our pants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's what all the kids are doing.
1: Yeah, this is how we didn't want a bag. We <laughs> thought it might rain. I don't know. So, yeah, we we both have many, many copies of this. Issue. So looking at them now, they're worth $8. Was it worth it? <laughs> well, I guess it was for me because I didn't get caught. Yeah. Um, I think Ames is out of business, so arguably, you know, we could be blamed
0: as contributors to that. Possibly. I wonder if anybody bought the remaining comic book packs. I don't know. The opened comic book packs.
1: I don't know. (laughs) That's back in the time where I think like a like a because Ames was like a department store, like a Kmart or um, Target, I guess a little rent Target anyways. Um, So I think back in those days, a retailer could send unsold copies back and, and get their money back, I think. Cool. And then with when Marvel moved its publishing that that all went away, I think. I don't know.
0: I wonder what the other comics were. I wonder if we went back and saw what they were. They'd actually be worth more than this.
1: Yeah. Those were the the valuable ones. We happened to get the one where they printed millions of copies. Yeah. So, anyways, there you go. Uh don't steal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow there's a lesson there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's 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 a shameful past, but kids will be kids. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Anyways, this is a uh, uh, Will Portacio or Port- how do you Pronounce his last name. I think that's right. Portacio, Port- Portacio. Okay. Uh, cover. Um, it's okay. It's fine. It's not great. It's okay. It's
0: busy. Yeah. He's a very busy artist. I find, as an adult, that he is harder to get into, uh, just because of the busyness.
1: Yeah. So the cover feels like a Jim Lee um, homage. And the interior art feels, at least the first couple of pages, feel very Mark Silvestri. Hmm. Uh, and just because I was curious, I, I scanned ahead a few issues and the art goes downhill. And I always sort of thought Wils was a pretty good artist. So I don't know if some inkers changed or, or what. But
0: So Art T-Bear is his inker okay. cover and the interiors for this issue. And Art T-Bear is who will take over from Jim Lee's X-Men mm. And his art always reminded me of a pretty good Jim Lee impression. I will see when we get there.
1: Yeah. My recollection of when the whole image shift happened, they they put their best, whoever they could find, on these two X books, but like X Force, X Factor, Excalibur, they all suffered. <laughs> uh and it was yeah, it was Art T Bear who I, I think did a pretty good job, and then Will Sportesio, and then eventually you get the Qberts, but
0: yeah, the Kuberts were great. And then they one of the Kuberts handled uncanny and one handled X-Men.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah. And then I think John Romita Jr. takes over X-Men at some point and I like his stuff now but I didn't <sighs> like it back then.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like I said I I was reading not reading ahead but looking ahead and I I found a couple of the John Romita Jr. covers or, or issues rather and I was like, "Ooh." So it'll be interesting. I didn't read them or kind of really go over them with any specificity. So it'll be interesting if if that reaction changes.
0: Yeah, I just remember not liking them, but i I think maybe I mean I don't know anything about John Romita Jr. I know that I like I like his Spider Man, yeah, later, and I like all of his stuff he does for like uh, for Mark Miller. Mm-hmm. He does I like, Wanted and stuff like that, and I think he did. I don't know. He does a bunch of comics that I like nowadays, but I I just recall not. He might have been the reason I gave up on the A- uncanny X-Men altogether. It's just because, like, I can't get into this art.
1: Yeah, well, I think we're both going to give up on the X-Men here. In, I don't know, nine or ten issues.
0: I have issue 300, but I'm pretty sure I don't have issue 381, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. two three hundred. I think I stopped maybe at, like, 285 or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll see.
1: Yeah. Well, we open up this particular issue and we rejoin my favorite characters who will have a long run in x-men history the reavers and Mackin no, and we're, reese
0: we're like uh we're housekeeping
1: yeah i'm definitely okay. doing a little housekeeping yeah here.
0: Uh, this issue is a lot of housekeeping so yeah we got your reavers uh we got uh they're just somebody i don't know which one is that is that reese no it's cole cole is like oh i, I heard something
1: yeah he keeps hearing things. Reese keeps saying oh, it's your imagination and pretty boy. And I think it's is that bone breaker. Think so. The tank guy.
0: Yeah, but, he's the tank guy? They're like, ah, oh, let's let's have drinks. Let's get drunk and maybe we'll go to town and harass women later. Oh my gosh, that'll be
1: great. Get some Aussie broads. It's yeah. There's a lot of misogyny here, but I guess with these guys, what
0: would you expect? Pierce is there and he's like, Cole, you shut up. I've heard too much of your blithering today. We're a million miles from nowhere in the middle of a sandstorm. What could? And we see through the window a sentinel peering inside with a glint in its eye and a little piece of uh, something from the ceiling drops on his head, Pierce's head.
1: And who knew that the Reavers were so easy to kill because the sentinels in a two-page spread kill them all except for Pierce?
0: Yeah, pretty boy gets stabbed through the chest. Yeah. Uh, You don't actually see Cole or Reese happen to any either of them
1: i i was reading on the wiki because i needed to do a little research on fitzroy who will meet in a moment and it at least on the wiki it said that they both die off panel <laughs> oh so uh it's weird to kill these characters i guess but i mean maybe they're just like we're done we're done with these guys we're moving on new chapter we don't care about that claremont stuff
0: yeah it's kind of like saying like anything is up for grabs it's kind of you know it makes it makes you think that the uh maybe the, the cliffhanger at the end of this issue matters more, I guess.
1: Oh yeah, the stakes have, have risen and we're not afraid to to shake things up, which is something Claremont always wanted to do, so it's interesting that they're like,
0: You can't do it, Chris. Uh but oh Jim, Wills, do whatever you want. Well, I'm I'm sure they would have let Chris Claremont kill off the the Reavers.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, arguably it's comics and they could be rebuilt at some point because they're mostly androids.
0: And I'm, I'm Cyborgs. trying... The, uh, this is not... At least I'm looking up Pretty Boy. This is not Pretty Boy's last appearance.
1: Oh, it's not. Okay. But I, I don't
0: know if, if the rest of them are flashbacks.
1: Right. So that's he what does, I was wondering.
0: He's in issues all the way up to 2018. Okay. Or 2019. So not a lot though. So it makes me feel like... Maybe maybe it's flashbacks, or maybe it's. He does not have a major presence after this.
1: Let's see. Um, yeah, there's a lot of deaths here uh, Cole, Reese, Death, Death, Macon, Death, Pretty Boy, Death, Bonebreaker, Death.
0: Reese also has appearances after this, but even less than Pretty Boy.
1: Yeah. Are those like Marvel Comics Presents, or are they actually X Men issues?
0: They're actually X Men issues. Interesting. But again who knows
1: well it's also i don't know this is just the marvel fandom wiki so maybe they record every time somebody dies (laughs) and this just happens to be one of his many deaths uh looks like he's in uncanny x-force 5.1 astonishing x-men 4 oh but astonishing x-men if it's volume that says volume 4 though never mind
0: i never read that so cole gets only eight more appearances
1: okay Because the first volume of Astonishing X Men, I think,
0: feels probably a flashback.
1: Wasn't the first volume of Astonishing X Men? Wasn't that the uh, alternate reality, whatever that event was called?
0: Yes, I don't recall what that event is called, but yes, I think it was an alternate timeline.
1: Okay, here, so here we go. Uh, Astonishing X Men number uh, volume four, number fifteen. It says Murray Reese Wade Cole returns. Oh, okay, <laughs> and Angelo Macon who was listed as dead he's just in this issue so he must have returned in a different issue
0: All so right. well, you can't trust Oak anything Breaker comes back and oh yeah it's the same as everybody everybody has a handful of appearances from here on right out so this is somewhat permanent it seems like
1: yeah yeah and uh, as is later mentioned these guys aren't mutants so what are these sentinels actually doing the other thing uh, I want to mention real quickly is that, and I just noticed that as I'm looking at this page or two-page spread, these sentinels have different red markings on their face. Yes, uh, almost. I don't know if there's any significance to this, but kind of looking like a like a tribal thing. Uh, but as each...
0: pointed out a number of times in this issue, these are not the same sentinels that we are familiar with. Right.
1: And this one is plotted by Jim Lee and Wills Sportesio. John Byrne is doing the script. Wills Portasio is on the pencils. Art T. Bear on inks. Tom Orzakowski lettering. Joe Rosas is coloring. Bob Harris is the editor. And Tom DeFalco is the editor in chief.
0: I got to wonder if John Byrne gets paid by the word because there are a lot of words.
1: Yes, there are it's, a lot of words.
0: It's another one of those things where showing would work just as well as telling there's a little bit too much going on here. Yeah. (laughs) But we immediately cut from that, uh, graphic scene to uh, presumably everybody's dying. Uh, we cut to New York city, the hellfire club. Everybody's dressed to the nines. We got Jean storm, uh, Warren Colossus, Bobby all, all dressed up and ready for their, some sort of meeting. They've been called to the hellfire club to have a meeting of some With some sort of urgency with Emma Frost. Yeah. I'm not sure what's going on. Immediately, they bump into the Hellions, um, some of which I know and some of which I don't know. Um, oh, there was a character. Well, I'll bring that up later. But there, <laughs> there, there was a character with the Reavers that I didn't know too, but I'll have to ask if you know who that is. Okay. Um, Bobby immediately starts flirting. Colossus immediately starts kind of... I don't know, not not brawling, but throwing barbs with uh with Beef, who I'm not familiar <laughs> with. So I had,
1: again, doing doing the little bit of research that I did for this issue, because uh, I was like, spoilers, uh, a lot of Hellions, almost all of the Hellions die. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, so Beef must have just been created for this issue, so that we've got some cannon fodder to just just kill but it turns out no beef has been in uh some new warriors issues yeah. uh, and some other stuff so he's not new he hasn't had
0: this, a the new warriors 9 and 10 mm-hmm. and then this and then he's brought back from the dead in x-men necrotia correct yep which is that which is spoilers <laughs> don't worry <laughs> about it we're not gonna get to it for a long time but necrotia is i think when Celine brings a bunch of uh, dead X-Men throughout history back to life as zombies. Yeah. And I could not remember,
1: when did Colossus get his memory back? Do you remember?
0: Yeah, he got it back in two eighty well, before 1 through 3, so it must have been 280. Okay. 279.
1: Did he, did he bump his head and he's like, oh! Uh,
0: I'm going to say, because I don't remember, that the Professor unlocked... Whatever it was.
1: Oh, okay. I, I have no memory uh, of that.
0: But whatever the Shadow King did, that was force ah. chase after. Uh, what's her face, Bob? No, not Bobby. What, what's the lady's name that he was chasing after?
1: Uh, well, Callisto, but no, Callisto no. as a
0: model. He was on the car. The the X Men's dance teacher.
1: Oh, uh, uh, uh Stevie. Yes,
0: Stevie. Hunter
1: stevie hunter yeah
0: um he was chasing her around because he was under the control of the shadow king that's right and maybe like something jostled loose from all that
1: <laughs> yeah okay that's not, that sounds right well he's not in my opinion acting like colossus he's like you said he's kind of puffed up chest is like beef i don't like you
0: <laughs> since you hellions have not been taught to respect human life as we have yeah, Empath beef, jumps in well, trying to start something and no beef but I will be happy to finish what you start
1: beef not beef Empath jumps in and he uses his powers to settle down the event and There's Gene he, no. yes we know him Gene reports that back to Storm and that's when some hellfire I don't know butlers open up a door and uh, a this person
0: Christ will see you now ladies and Dot, dot
1: Somebody crashes through the door. To me, it looks like one of the Reaver people, but I don't know that this person is introduced.
0: Uh, this is a girl in some sort of costume. We learn a little bit more about her later, but no, I don't think we ever get her name.
1: Yeah, I remember the the lady... Uh, I said Reaver. I meant uh, Genosian. Remember the lady Genosian?
0: She looks to me like she is dressed like the guys in X-Men 1 through 3. Oh. And on magnetos but yeah i could i could also get a genosha connection now that you're saying that
1: yeah i don't know as as i was reading this i was like it feels like it would make a lot more sense for her to be like look it's the genosha person aren't you x-men happy but it's not it's just some rando
0: yeah she says this is the second time in as many weeks an attempt has been made on my life though it would seem my would-be assassins are getting younger and younger Welcome, X-Men. Doubtless, you now begin to guess why I invited you here tonight. Well, I no, No. Well, <laughs> you I, just force thirty through a door and you're attacking somebody. I get nothing.
1: Yeah. Well, and then I'm like, wait a minute. Is this Jubilee? Is, it, it does
0: look like Jubilee, too.
1: Right, because she's younger and younger. And maybe this is like a trap that uh, White Queen has set for the X-Men. And I don't know why the X-Men would send Jubilee out to assassinate the White Queen. So a lot of questions were asked. But, you know, ultimately, as you mentioned, we find out that it's
0: just, just some rando.
1: So, this is where we get uh, in a meanwhile, right? So, we get an introduction to uh, Fitzroy, who.
0: You haven't met Fitzroy before, but we've met Shinobi.
1: And Shinobi is here. And I was like, okay, I know Shinobi. I don't know Fitzroy, but they're talking to him like he's a well established character. And that's what caused me to go look him up. And then there's. I'm not going to spoil it. I and mean, there's a huge backstory for him. But suffice to say, this is his first appearance. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So the implication is that he's been around, but for us we don't know him.
1: Yeah, and either Shinobi or Fitzroy is related to Sebastian Shaw.
0: Yeah, Shinobi is related to Sebastian Shaw. Didn't isn't didn't he kill Sebastian Shaw? Yes. In the previous last appearance of Sebastian Shaw? Yes. Which obviously won't be the final last appearance of Sebastian Shaw.
1: Correct. So as I'm looking at this background, you got all these like Uh, ladies and and actually beefcake men so I'm kind of thinking Fitzroy and uh, uh, what's his face Shinobi they're just like we just like beautiful people to be surrounding us because they're all kind of there. it's like a party yeah well but they're all kind of like it's to me it seems like they're all sort of fawning over these people but maybe you're right maybe it's just a a group of beautiful a beautiful people party but it made me wonder why Forge was back there but it's, it's not Forge. It's just some other, some other muscle man with a, a mustache.
0: He's he's uh, infiltrating Shinobi's lair for the, for the professor. I mean, Kitty's there too, so. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it does kind of look like that. I'd like to believe that these guys are just pansexual. They're just like, put the pretty people with us. We don't care. We just want to be fawned over
0: you know, I, the, uh, Fitzroy says something about how he enjoys the finer things in life and he's super rich and just spending his money however he likes. Right. And there's a little, they do a little back and forth about how Fitzroy wants the kingship of the upstarts and, uh, I guess Shinobi is the current king and he's like, I, I'm fine with you wanting my job, but good luck on that. You sucker. And they talk about how uh, Shinobi offered his sentinels, which are Sebastian Shaw's sentinels. And Fitzroy is like, nope, I got my own sentinels. And as you can see, they cut to a monitor where, I don't know, kind of weird if you're at this party and there's this (laughs) there's this image of the uh, I I guess I would be fawning over the the screens rather than these two people. Be like, whoa, look at this. This is like a friggin movie over here. These giant robots are killing all these half cyborg men. Well, yeah,
1: but in the panel before that, it just looks like there's two Sentinels holding up the ceiling. So I don't, are those guys just decorations?
0: Yeah, those are, those are Shinobi's Okay, okay. I don't know why they're there holding up the ceiling. It seems like a waste of a Sentinel.
1: Well, but we do just, we talk about all the decadence and all this sort of stuff. So, I mean, that would be the ultimate decadent thing is to spend millions of dollars on a Sentinel and be like, hold up the ceiling for me
0: that just seems like a bad architectural choice so maybe they're just there as a prop maybe the ceiling is totally fine without them but they're kind no, of like columns that could be but
1: yes you're right then then we see all this brutality uh, happening on those screens there and these guys are having a a good old time watching watching this happen
0: so we see a sentinel destroying bone breakers tank treads oh yeah yeah just kind of cool yeah. somebody gets grabbed by the head and it looks like their head gets crushed.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Don't, that's not pretty boy. Cause he's got a chest. Yeah. Um, that's going
1: to be a coal making a Reese guy. I'm going to okay. guess. Uh,
0: and then the other, everything else is kind of obscured, but there's four more panels of gruesomeness. But uh Fitzroy says that he is uh, using his own sentinels to take out the Reavers and it's going splendidly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't she know. First appearance was X-Factor 67 and he hasn't been in the comics since then. Do we know
1: why they targeted the Reavers?
0: No. Yeah, I think it's just I guess the implication that I got was that it's some sort of power play and that maybe maybe the more char- maybe the more uh characters you take out the more you qualify as the king?
1: Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. I know what it is. And they kind of talk about it later. They're trying to kill uh, uh, current or former um, Hellfire inner circle members. Oh, okay. And Pierce was, maybe he was the white king. So I think he's the actual target, but the other guys just get killed in the crossfire.
0: I see. Yeah. Uh, yeah he does point out that he's also got a hit out on uh, Emma Frost, which connects to what we saw. Yep. So now we know who that girl works for, this green-haired fellow. Lots of green-haired fellows in in the 90s. Yeah, well, green, we got, green. Uh who's, who's the guy from X-Force?
1: Uh, uh, well, there, isn't there Polar, Polaris? She's got What's green hair.
0: Gideon or something?
1: Oh, Gideon, yeah.
0: Yep. The guy who's always hanging out with uh, Roberto.
1: Yep, yep. He's got green hair. Well, I mean, they only had a handful of colors to choose from, and <laughs> green was one of them. Yeah, so they're gonna go after uh, Emma Frost as well. Um, meanwhile, who's getting head blasted here?
0: Um, let me turn the page. Oh, this is one of the uh, this is one of the things where we John Byrne loves to do, where he starts the sentence with yes. thinking, "I do not let my feelings cloud my wisdom as you do," and then it cuts to his finishing its thoughts. Be sure to such prejudice do not prove your undoing. It's pointless. Why did this need to continue over? Um, regardless, this is classes. Oh, in my head, the telepathic link to Jean. Ah. I felt it, a girl screaming. Says Bobby, "I didn't. It didn't sound like Jean, but whoever she is, it sounded like her soul was being torn open."
1: Yeah. So they head up some stairs, and I guess they Emma Frost is torturing the lady. Now see Emma Frost mentally torturing this lady,
0: and it's apparently very painful for Jean. Make her stop. Psychic backlash can't stand.
1: So Storm springs into action and says, Emma Frost, you got to stop it. Emma's like, oh, I didn't know Jean was so vulnerable. There's also uh, some sub, not subplot, but some uh, additional dialogue we missed in which Jean has psychic feelings or, or she sort of merged with the Phoenix creature. So she's aware of what happened to Phoenix here and it's kind of making her uncomfortable right and emma she, frost is kind of using that uh information
0: you know classic emma she's sizing everybody up as she's doing stuff
1: yep absolutely the... so
0: uh bevatron <laughs> remember bevatron
1: he's one that i didn't look up i forgot about him uh is this his first appearance let me see i'm gonna look it up too because uh, i'm like bevatron what the hell kind of name is bevatron my power is to produce Coca-Cola.
0: <laughs> he also first appeared in New Warriors 9 and 10. So I guess uh, New Warriors 9 and 10 introduced a whole new set of Hellions. Okay. And then... Should we have covered those? Maybe. Uh, or maybe we, I think we did cover them, maybe. They're probably forgettable. Didn't we covered some New Warriors with Emma Frost. I don't They're remember. They're obviously her. very memorable.
1: He's got a full-on name. It's Fabian Marshall Jublin or something like that.
0: Yeah, he, uh, does he die in this issue?
1: Yeah, it says he dies off panel. Okay. Bevatron. No,
0: so he, he, well, he appears in the next issue. So maybe just his body?
1: Uh, It says, well, again, then, this is the fandom he page. He's also says,
0: brought back in Negrotia.
1: Yeah, it says Bevatron dies off panel. Cool. What a dumb name, Bevatron. I'm going to click on him. Does, is he actually in 282? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. It does say he's in 282. So maybe he's a, like.
0: What I'm looking at, yeah.
1: Maybe it's, it's a flashback.
0: It's yeah, or maybe it's his last dying words. He's like, "They got me too." <laughs> <laughs> it could be.
1: Well, yeah. So the Hellions, like a like you mentioned, they spring into action, starting with Bevatron, who
0: shoots with his Bevatron bolts. <laughs> <laughs> He shouts, uh, Bevatron! I wish. <laughs> and uh, shoots Storm in the back and uh, looks like he zaps her pretty good. Mm-hmm. Her outfit changes to her classic Storm outfit. Well, I guess not classic. This is kind of a new thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like this Storm outfit. We're, uh, we're done uh, with the Mohawk days. Yeah. It's no longer Storm in black leather or anything. She's, she's wearing a poofy white. Uh, kind of frilly outfit with big wings, sort of wings. Yeah,
1: and I think it's it's a poofy black outfit, but the okay. the white would be the reflections of the the uh, um, glossy black outfit. So it might right. have elements of leather I'll, in it, it. But yeah, it's good.
0: Beef takes the opportunity to take uh, to pick up his attack on Colossus from previously uh, when Colossus st- tries to grab Bevatron. We should have known it would be a uh, true... Well, Warren says, looks like the truce is over before it's even begun. And Klaas says, we should have known it would be so, Archangel. There is so much bad blood between the X-Men and the Hellfire Club for any peace to be a lasting one. And he grabs Bevatron and Beef smacks him on the side of the head. Yep. Bobby uh, looks like Cat's, Cat's Paw joins the fight against Bobby and Roulette is throwing some... Tarot
1: cards? Is this roulette or is this tarot?
0: Or tarot, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: and I don't know what her powers are, but they involve tarot cards. And there's like a, a grim reaper skeleton.
0: She. It seems like characters from tarot cards come to life and do nothing. <laughs> that seems to be her power. It's
1: a very oddly specific power.
0: At least in this issue, they do nothing. I'm sure in the issues where she was established, she probably has cool powers related to tarot cards, but, but not here. Yeah, here. There's a giant Grim Reaper who does absolutely nothing.
1: So Jean shows that she's not quite as vulnerable as we may have thought by psychically blasting everybody and saying,
0: stop,
1: and everybody grabs their
0: heads. We're here because Emma Frost says there's some sort of force threatening all of us. If we battle each other, we only leave ourselves open to attack from whatever the force might be.
1: And then we get three panels where 50% of them are word balloons and the other 50% are drawings. A lot of words,
0: so many words. Emma Frost jumped to the conclusion that if somebody's attacking the X Men or her, uh, the the Hellfire Club, logically the X Men are next. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that.
1: Well, you're drawing some conclusions to be like we shouldn't fight because if they take us out, you're probably next. I, I think it's, I mean, if mutants are the target, then I think that's a logical conclusion. But. The Hellfire Club are bad people, so it could also just be people that want to kill the Hellfire Club and don't care about the X Men. So, which is what it is. Could go either way. So, what? But, but Emma Frost, we know she's not. She's going to use every advantage to, yeah. uh, or, or every option to gain the advantage, and this is one of them, I think.
0: But I'm just saying, if I were an astute X Men, yeah, I would be like, I don't, I don't buy into that, I Emma. Don't, I don't trust you, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll. we'll... We'll hang on I, the sidelines. That, uh, sound And even Storm says, your logic is flawed, Frost, but she doesn't say why. No. We answered your cry for help as anyone would, mutant or otherwise, but we were not prepared to reinstate the truce until we are... Con- what truce are they reinstating?
1: Well, the way back uh, after the mutant massacre, Magneto became the White King and okay. established a truce between the Hellfire Club and the X-Men.
0: Gotcha. So, so that would be it. That truce apparently was broken. I don't know when, but sure. Maybe just now when the Hellions that <laughs> <have. laughs> That could be. You must tell us everything. Who of your organization has been attacked? When? Where? What is their present condition? And Emma says, I'm not going to tell you anything. But all you need to know is that this threat is very severe. <laughs> and I don't know. At this point, I'm like, well, that doesn't work for me. X-Men out. Yeah. One of
1: the Hellfi- Hellions rather. I don't know which one this is. Uh is holding on to the prisoner, the lady that was thrown through the door. This and Jetstream. Jetstream. And then Fitzroy comes in and kills Jetstream and grabs a hold of the
0: prisoner. And then I- the powers of Fr- Fitzroynius.
1: Yes. He shouts Fitzroy. I wish. Now, the wiki says that Fitzroy's powers are mostly teleportation in nature, which doesn't seem right because he's got like a giant force field around him, which could be machine generated and he just electrocuted Jetstrip, which I guess could also be suit oriented.
0: I think the suit is the the force shield. Well, I, I didn't see this as a force shield. I thought this was like a body armor suit.
1: I guess. But but
0: I guess it could force field probably makes more sense. Yeah.
1: Um. And if Fitzroy... Wait, is it Shinobi or Fitzroy who's the current Black King?
0: Uh, Shinobi. Shinobi. And so Shinobi... Uh, well, I don't think he's the Black King, though. I think he is leader of the Upstarts, and the Upstarts are going, want, trying to do a hostile takeover of the Hellfire Club.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Because I was wondering, like,
1: where is everybody? Obviously the X-Men, the Hellions, and the Hellfire Club, or Emma Frost... Are at the Hellfire Club building. I didn't know where Fitzroy and Shinobi were. I thought they were like upstairs in the Hellfire Club at their the, decadent
0: party. Upstart headquarters. Okay, all right. I think, didn't Emma Frost and Magneto oust Sebastian Shaw out of the Hellfire Club?
1: Maybe I don't remember. Let's then, let's go ahead and say yes.
0: And then Shinobi kills off Shaw. Uh, Shaw and then i guess his plan is to get back into the hellfire club maybe sure maybe maybe to uh have the upstarts replace the hellfire club
1: uh, yeah so who knows uh, uh fitzroy maybe he just walks to the front door kills jetstream grabs the assassin and then we return our attention back to australia where we see pierce is still alive uh, i guess um lady deathstrike didn't hear any of this commotion cuz she's like what's going on oh my god there's sentinels
0: She's in a soundproof room.
1: (laughs) She's in the computer room, which apparently is soundproof. uh, And the Sentinels are, I guess, chasing Pierce. Uh, Lady Deathstrike cuts off one of the Sentinels' arms, and she's like, that ought to do it. But the Sentinel self-repairs itself off the computer equipment, and Lady Deathstrike is like, oh my god, I've never seen anything like it. This is crazy. Didn't we see that in Power Pack? We've seen it, absolutely. I don't know if Lady Deathstrike's ever seen it.
0: Okay. But she she says it in a way that makes me think she's seen sentinels before and she's never seen sentinels repair themselves.
1: Right. I agree. That is how I read it as well. And I'm like, this is we know the sentinels can do this.
0: So I guess she's just only dealt with generation one sentinels, maybe? Sure. <laughs> and so I mean the impression that I got was that we're supposed to be shocked by this. Oh my gosh, Sentinels can do something that we've never seen them do before. But being astute readers that we are, we, so in tune with every issue <laughs> of the X-Men, we know that the Sentinels can, in fact, do this.
1: Maybe maybe it was it's only X-Men. Master Mold that could repair himself, but I feel like other Sentinels have repaired themselves in the
0: past, too. I think it depends on who's writing the yeah. story.
1: In any event, I was not shocked by any of this, but Lady Deathstrike was. We see
0: Scylla, who's also here. She says, Yeah, that's, this is the person who I was like, who is this?
1: Exactly. Uh, apparently, well, she, she's mentioned earlier by the, the Reavers yeah. who were like, ah, oh, we got to get some real broads, not like Deathstrike and Scylla. And I was like, well, who is Scylla?
0: So Scylla apparently has been hanging out with the Reavers, judging cool. by that dialogue. But I'm on a wiki of characters from this issue and she is not even in here. You're right. Her appearance was so minuscule that somebody forgot to mention her.
1: <laughs> and is it S-Y-L-L-A or S-C-Y-L-L-A?
0: I thought it was C-Y-L-I-A or something like that, but I'd have to go back to look. Oh, is it like Cilia? Yeah, I thought so.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: All right. I'm going going back.
1: Yeah, you're right. Cilia Markham. Cilla. No, C-Y-L-L-A. Unless there's multiple Cillas. That could be. Uh, Part of the Reavers. So, so you found one? Well, I found a C Y L L A, and it says there's 18 appearances of hers. Her first appearance is X Men two eighty one. Okay, so oh no, she, that's not true. Oh. She she was no, that's just trending pages. Her fur no, her first issue appearance was X Men two sixty 260 and two sixty one. Okay. I don't remember those, but that's where uh, Master Mold killed. Uh, no, it's not. Two sixty nine. Shoot, I don't know. 260 is where Dazzler was being chased by that dude if you remember that issue. He says, "I love you Dazzler, I love you to death." Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I don't remember her showing up in that issue. She was also in 261, which is Hard Case and the Harriers. She was in 269, which is when Rogue sort of faced off with their Ms. Marvel alternative. Was she a Harrier? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't really... S- I'm not going to read all this stuff, but uh, let's see. Pierce brought Scylla back to Australia, where he began enhancing her with cybernetic features. Lady Deathstrike asked Scylla if she was sure she wanted to become a cyborg and replace the original Skullbuster, to which Scylla replied, for a chance to... Compl- oh, is that the lady who
0: was like a cop or something? Oh. She went to the hospital, and the Reavers were like... I can we can we can fix you and then she was like yes please do a yes a professional pilot
1: I now I remember uh Scylla Markham was hired by Banshee and Forge as they searched for their missing teammates from the X-Men in Cairo I remember that and then Fenris like blows up the airplane and then I think you and I were like oh I wonder if we'll ever see this person again well I guess
0: we are (laughs) somebody remembered her
1: wow all right okay well all right well mystery solved I guess yeah we worked our way through it. <laughs> thanks,
0: internet. <laughs> Better podcasters would have done this research already. Uh, this is part of the adventure of our podcast though <laughs> we're we're figuring it out as we go <laughs> uh
1: anyways the the um like I said, still is here, and she says death strike. And I think that's her only line in the entire issue, which is probably why she doesn't get a mention in the wiki.
0: But uh, Pierce keeps... I think, I think it's her that says, don't just stand there, woman, aren't you listening? It's Pierce they want. Get out of the way, and they'll go after him. And then she knocks Deathstrike aside.
1: Oh, yeah. The balloon looks like it's pointing at Deathstrike,
0: but that makes more sense. That yeah. is Scylla saying all that. It's pointing at both of them because they're both in the direction of the, the thing. Yeah. But Pierce is like, I got to get to Gateway. Flash that woman. She put up no more resistance than a housefly. Yeah. And
1: shes he's running and he's like, uh, Gateway, remember him? He's just sitting there. He's sleeping, I guess. And he's like, wake up. You got to get me out of here. Send me anywhere. No, wait. Send me to whoever perpetrated this attack. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and so. That's the connection. So uh, uh, Gateway does his thing. Pierce jumps through the portal and he's like, okay, when I get through, turn off the gateway. Turn off the portal. But he doesn't. And three sentinels go through with Pierce. The sentinels are just too fast
0: for Gateway.
1: I think Gateway is kind of like I don't like you, so I'm gonna <laughs> let a few sentinels follow you. And so that's what happens.
0: And the sentinels just uh, head off. Unit Pierce is beyond our means to apprehend. Remaining units return to launch point, and Gateway kind of smiles. I'm not sure if it's a smile or if it's just a knowing look.
1: I think it's more of a knowing look. Like this is not my fight. I'm not involved. I don't know. He's just kind of like looking up in the air, just like whatever. Um,
0: And we cut back to New York City where we get, we get the same word balloon that Fitzroy last said, letting us know that this is taking place exactly the second that we left. No time has passed, which I thought was a neat conceit, I guess. I don't think I've ever seen that in comics, repeating a word balloon after some time had passed in order to show that we're back where we started.
1: I think, I think John Byrne has a pretty f- good, and but I'll also say formulaic way of pacing issues. So yeah. yeah, this 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 is this tracks with how John Byrne writes, at least in this era.
0: Fitzroy continues beating people. Stream is officially uh, announced as dead. Yep, killed him. I should certainly hope so, my dear beef. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy.
0: And he punches Beef, and Beef goes flying through a building, well, out this building, through another building, into another building where he bounces off and lands onto the ground. Um, Is he dead, according to the Wikipedia? Uh, Yes. Yep.
1: Beef, death.
0: Yep. Um, Who's this guy? Where is he getting all that power? Says, uh, I think this is roulette. Um, From that funky outfit, I'd bet, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Looks like the mix just got altered on this little clam bake. Fool, says Emma Frost. He killed two of our number in less than 30 seconds. Are you going to stand there discussing it while he does the same to you? Or are you going to let me berate you for a while and I'm just now talking? Oh, boy, I should really do something instead of all this talking. You know what they should have done? The next thing she says on the next page is stand aside. They should have got rid of this whole... Are you going to stand there discussing it and just put stand aside? In yeah. That and then on the next page you do, he may have been more than beefs blundering. Well, will even cut that. <laughs> nothing can stand. Nothing can stand before the power of my psionic mind blasts. Just cut to the chase.
1: Right. Exactly. I agree with you. There's a lot of words in this
0: issue. A lot of unnecessary words. I don't mind words when they help move the story along and aren't just like, I don't know, pointless. You might be right about that, Miss Frost. Always assuming your power could reach me, but even if I were not protected by the force field of this weapon system, now even you cannot attack what you cannot see, and he disappears. Uh, Fitzroy, that is. See, this is all good dialogue. It's letting us know what's going on. It's telling us stuff. Super strength, invisibility. This being possesses the powers of the Super Skrull, the alien enemy of the Fantastic Four. He, is storm notifying everybody who the super scroll is <laughs> yeah but he's no alien storm i would have sensed that immediately
1: i'm sure well yeah she's no stranger to aliens yeah so yeah, that
0: makes sense um here uh, fitzroy reappears and storm blows him into the air and colossus grabs him and is squeezing him and that's when uh, as emma frost kind of approaches him uh the portal from pierce Shows up and Pierce appears through it and says, Frost, the Hellfire Club. I should have known it was you, Frost. I don't even know why I'm surprised about it. Frost doesn't know what's going on. But I I like this. But it almost makes me wish that Pierce didn't die in the next panel so that he could be like, hey, Emma, Emma Frost did this. and Now I need to, like, have revenge on Emma Frost.
1: So, yeah, the way that this is drawn... And do they even say he's dead? He might not be dead. Well, yeah. According to the wiki, like there's no there's no death listed after his name. So severely wounded,
0: or he I is don't. in the next issue, and then he only has three more appearance, appearances between now and 1997.
1: Okay, so maybe yeah, maybe he dies, but he's such a main character because uh, Emma Frost also dies on this page.
0: Yes. So the the Sentinel. Uh, A sentinel grabs him by the back of the head in what looks pretty bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And then the three sentinels that we saw going through the portal come through this side of the portal, starts shooting everybody. It is sentinels. The fool has brought sentinels into the middle of the yay. And that's when empath says that Emma Frost is dead. It looks like she got blasted in the face. Maybe
1: I can't feel her emotions. The white queen is dead. Uh Fitzroy is like the rest of you will join her soon enough. Sentinels, obey the voice of your master. Attack the X Men, attack the Hellions, attack everybody <laughs> Essentially.
0: They were hey, doing hey, a good hey. enough job of that without, without your orders, friend, says Moran for some reason. <laughs> well I mean he, he needed some dialogue. Well, then he says, Iceman, throw up a barrier. Protect the civilians on the street. And Iceman says, No sooner said than done, Angel. Hey, This is the flavor I've been missing. This is like the old days. I I feel like Iceman needs to get his head in the game. Yeah. Well, they're, you know, they're
1: working it out. These, I don't know. We got different writers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Continuation, continued termination of Target. This is 2024. Oh, yeah, that's right. We eventually get some names for these uh, Sentinels, or maybe we already saw them, but they're like,
0: It's like 2007, 2024, 2014.
1: Yeah, it made me wonder, like, are those, like, meaningful? Like, are those actually dates? Or or are they just random numbers?
0: I'm guessing they're random numbers, but maybe they're from the future.
1: Yeah, that's what I was wondering, and that's why they've got...
0: uh, I think they're from the future, Adam. I I mean, I know that some future things are coming. Yeah. Um, They could have been created in those years.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to find the page where they name these guys off. Oh, I think it's when they send them through the, yeah. Uh, units, 2007, 2016, and 2024. Maintain pursuit. Maximum speed portal is closed. Ah, uh, based on some spoiler stuff I read in the wiki, I bet you those were sentinels grabbed
0: from those time periods in the future. But wouldn't there be like a 2024 B or did they just make one every year?
1: Well, a bunch of the three of the sentinels were left behind. Those could be the B units or they could have been different year units. I don't know no. i I am just speculating based on some other yeah, information. Yeah. There's nothing I, you know
0: as much as I do
1: yeah, nothing uh, I'm not confirming anything. I'm just saying that based on some time travel stuff that we know that's happening, I'm betting they came from those time periods
0: anyhow uh... S- smashed into the ground by uh twenty twenty four
1: Yes, that's what reminds me of
0: it. Does not do any of the uh, protecting the civilians on the street, or maybe he did that off-panel. But he's back in the battle, trying to freeze up unsuccessfully the uh, the sentinels. Tarot drops her tarot cards. My Tarot
1: a, cards, oh!
0: In I'm... a unintentionally amusing uh, couple of panels. <laughs> time, she,
1: time she to she... pick up the ones I dropped and 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 do whatever I can. And so. She makes a witch, which is kind of funny
0: with a broom and the, and the sentinel just shoots through the witch and kills her.
1: What is Tarot supposed to do? just 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 uh make uh illusions to
0: scare people based on tarot cards? I don't know such a weird power, but it hasn't been used a lot i think i I'm sure in some of the early appearances, of the like I would assume that the the things that she creates with the tarot cards are under her will, yeah. Actually, fight people. But yeah. I don't know that. I mean, they, like I said, they do nothing here. This, this one gets shot in the face, which doesn't even act as a shield for Tarot.
1: <laughs> oh, here, this is kind of funny. So, uh, Tarot was killed here, uh, but Tarot later reappeared as a member of the second Hellions team. It appeared her resurrection was somehow bound to King Bedlam. I don't know who that is, though this was never fully explained. So, oh. she just comes back at some point for some reason. Cool. It uh, doesn't I'm not going to read all this uh, uh, foresee the events of her own future and the futures of other people through a combination for mutant powers and the use of tarot cards and psionic will based constructs. She could materialize and animate tangible images of 2D avatars images on her tarot cards
0: once they but were she, and then she, she has holding them in order to have it work. Yeah. If I was Tarot, I mean, maybe she can only do one at a time, but I just make them all happen. Well, like, I'm holding 50 Tarot cards. but I'm making them all show up.
1: Now, do they have to be Tarot cards? Like, what if she had a handful of Pokemon cards or Magic the Gathering cards? Would you make all those things occur? Well, her
0: name's not Pokemon. That's a good point, I suppose. I don't know.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, uh, Tarot's dead, but yeah, she'll be Well, back. what if there's
0: like a off-brand, like, Pokemon Tarot deck?
1: Oh, yeah, tarot Yeah,
0: cuz cuz yeah. there are there are off-brand tarot decks. I mean, I guess tarot's not really a brand, but there are branded tarot decks with stuff that is I don't I bet there is a I'm going to type it in Pokémon tarot cards.
1: Oh, I'm sure that exists. And if it doesn't exist officially, there's definitely something like that in a Chinese marketplace somewhere.
0: Uh, yep, it exists.
1: <laughs> of course it does. And you can buy it for fifteen dollars. Where can you buy it from? What's the webpage?
0: Um I don't know, these aren't these aren't Pokemon. Misleading link. Uh it, it was Spirit Halloween. Oh. But these are not in fact Pokemon Tarot cards. Alright, so maybe they don't exist. Uh seems like a annoying.
1: I, I see I see Pokemon Tarot cards on Etsy, but I think everything uh, exists. Yeah, on there's the some event. on uh eBay. Pokemon Tarot 50 on bucks. Amazon. Oh, that's just that's In
0: an. Our Tarot deck, full deck, seventy-eight cards. Uh, this is definitely some. This is definitely not a official. No, Pokemon deck. This is something that somebody did on their own. Yes, but but
1: of course they exist because everything exists.
0: Mm. If it doesn't exist yet. It will give it some time.
1: So after Tarot is killed, Jean attacks. She uses, I guess, telekinesis to blow apart one of the sentinels, and she she even says these sentinels. These sentinels are like none I've ever battled before, nor any you shall ever battle again. And two sentinels blast Jean, and Jean's going down. And she says, "Uh, it can't end like this. I have one chance. If only have time.
0: I don't know what she does, but she I dies. That she does, but we'll find out next issue. Okay. I'm assuming she's. There.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I know too, but she dies.
0: Termination accomplished, target Marvel Girl is dead, says Robot Man. They don't call her Marvel Girl anymore. Come on, Sentinel. Yeah, they, they Get it together. They calling her Jean Grey. So you're telling me the Sentinel knows that Jean Grey and Marvel Girl are the same people? Well, they've got access to the files for sure. I'll pick a lane there, Sentinel. Is it Jean Grey or is it Marvel Girl?
1: Yeah. John Byrne, I blame him. She is quite familiar, says
0: Fitzroy.
1: You've done well, my Sentinels. We have not killed all the X-Men, but, uh, you know, that's pretty good, so let's get out of here.
0: This time she will find it more permanent, says Fitzroy, imagining.
1: Now, that- most of this action has been occurring with no backgrounds or, like, like energy backgrounds. So it's been sort of hard to place where these guys are, but now we sort of get a shot that it sort of spilled out into the streets. And there's a lot of damage, certainly the Hellfire Club's damage, as well as the streets.
0: Well, and- we know that uh, when they burst out of the building, Angel told Iceman to protect the civilians on the street. Hmm. So that's all we got.
1: Uh, we, people are pointing out that there's a, a dead girl, and I think it's the assassin that they're maybe pointing to. I don't know who. But anyways, who should be walking down the street but Senator Robert Kelly. What's he doing here? <laughs> He's back, everybody.
0: You X-Men, what's the meaning of this? How dare you burst into a private club endangering innocent lives? I'll see you pay for this, do you hear me? And pay dearly. Seems like a zero to 60 reaction. Yeah, and some guy's like... Figure out what's going on first. He's
1: like, hey, Senator, lighten up. There's a dead girl in here. What? Who? It says random
0: guy on the street. (laughs)
1: Yeah. See for yourself, Senator. Well, Archangel and I allowed our focus to be diverted to the single sentinel attacking Colossus... The other two murdered our companion. Speak not to us of payment, for we have paid the most precious coin of all. Jean Grey's dead, everybody. Yep. At least for
0: at least for this issue. Again, you know, she's- Is keeps... this a new costume for Jean? I'm just realizing that she's wearing her 90s costume.
1: Uh, so. Well, yeah, I think all of them got costume redesigns for this relaunch. Okay. So, yeah, this is the first time, I believe this is the first time we're seeing her in this
0: costume. She was in a dress earlier. And I think this is the first time noticing that she's wearing the costume.
1: Yeah, in issue two eighty, um she was in her X Factor costume. So this is definitely a no fanfare, new costume uh affair.
0: So yeah, yeah, no fanfare, yeah, exactly.
1: So that was uh X-Men number two eighty one.
0: According to my Wikipedia, Sentinel two thousand seven, two thousand sixteen, and two thousand twenty four do not have any further appearances. Interesting. Okay. Oh, there's something else I wanted to look up, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah, weird appearance, but oh, I wanted to see when was the last time we saw it? Didn't wasn't Senator Kelly making a deal with Shaw at some point? After his wife was killed
1: in like 268, when Rogue fought Master Mold, Kelly was like, Shaw, we need to double down on these sentinels.
0: Okay, so I guess it's in character for him to go from zero to sixty.
1: Yeah, but and and the deliciousness of that whole thing was, you know, Master Mold came out of the Sentinel program, and it was Master Mold that ultimately like fell onto the car, or zapped the car, or whatever. Right. But he blames it on the X Men. But you
0: know, Robert Kelly, a man who clearly cannot see, he's like, doesn't bother to uh, ascertain the facts. He's blinded by his hatred of mutants. He's blinded by his hatred
1: mutants. Uh, it's a it's a fine fine issue. Um,
0: I mean, it seems see. like they're definitely going somewhere. It's a good start, I guess.
1: Kicking off with
0: action. Um, not sure. Does John Byrne last to the next issue? He
1: does, I think. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really look at the uh, um writing credits all the way through, but yeah, he's here for a little bit. I wonder if he's got a better relationship with Will Portacio than he does with Jim Lee.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I think Will Speratiio seems less, and I don't know why. I'm what I'm basing this on. This is just random speculation, but it seems like Will Speratiio has less interest in scripting than Jim Lee does. That could be. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know why I think that. It's just how I feel.
1: Um. It would have been. I don't know. It was fine. It would have been nice. I think if they maybe would have launched the team at the mansion and been like, "Okay, gold team."
0: Well, because we're doing chronological order, we got kind of the appearance of this team in, I think, X-Men 5 or 6. Yeah. Where we saw them getting ready to go to the Hellfire Club, which was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, so that'll be our, our introduction. Yeah. But, you know, this is like going straight into the action. What's going on?
1: That's true, and that's a way to do it. So I don't, I don't want to complain. Um, and it was fine. It's nice to see the Hellfire Club and kind of getting back to the roots uh, we got. I mean, Magneto's dead, right? So we have to start introducing some new nemesises, nemesis, nemesi, and I guess Fitzroy is going to be the Gold Team's nemesis for the well, time being, anyways. We'll see. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Like well, he doesn't last very long. Oh, <laughs> he is key to the introduction of a major character in the next issue. Yes, who does last a very long time.
1: Yeah. Well, when I was looking again, when I was looking at his wiki, it seemed to me that he has a very Complicated origin. Maybe that's all described in the next issue, and we never see him again. I don't remember.
0: Welcome to the nineties. That's right. (laughs) Where every character has a complicated. I mean, I guess it's. I mean, if you look, probably no character is more complicated than Betsy Braddock.
1: Time travel, baby. Well, the sum, the whole Summers family. Uh, As a matter of fact, and I again, I don't know how all of this fits together, but Fitzroy. And that character, that major character introduced next issue, uh, have a very tangled Summers relation in the form of friendship. They're not part of the family. But there's oh, okay. many other Summers names mentioned. I'm like, I don't know who any of these guys are.
0: Hmm. And it's, it's not it's Hope. <laughs> whole future Summers. There's Brock Summers. Is there a Brock Summers? Clifton. No, I'm just making it. <laughs> Clifton Summers.
1: Yeah. 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 Harold there's, Summers. There's the yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there, there you go. I don't know. It's fine. Uh, it's, it's fine. Um, it's a cool start. I mean, you know, next issue's better. As a long time X-Men reader, anytime we see Sentinels, anytime we see Hellfire Club, anytime we see Robert Kelly, uh, I'm in, right? So it's good for me.
0: And I like, I like the whole interjection of Pierce, showing up in the middle of the battle and bringing the sentinels with him and which was unexpected. And it just kind of, it's a fun, it's a fun little plot detail. Um, obviously Jean Grey not dead. It's pointless. <laughs> I it was to do that. But, you know, what, how will she get out of that predicament, Adam? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I have my predictions, but I can't remember.
1: Well, I already sort of read ahead in the wiki, so I know what happens. I just don't remember how it's executed. Okay. Well, we did get some communiqué. Should we do that? Should we do some yeah uh, some communiques?
0: i a couple of letters for a while, so yeah, let's let's go through what we whatever we got.
1: So I'm I'm doing it live, right? So Jordan uh, Reynolds sent us a link. Oh, it's his uh, it's his Etsy store.
0: Yeah. So this guy, uh, he is the guy who pointed out that you predicted that Kang would be in. <laughs> the- Uh, the next Avengers movie and he's he's been in contact with us a while
1: yeah
0: but uh, he has a Etsy store and I don't I don't know it's in Canada so it's like Etsy.com slash CA slash shop art by simplicity is the name of the store but he's got some X-Men stuff there's a couple of cool Jim Lee panels that uh, you can buy as like poster art yeah, I. Stick up here on your walls. They're they're pretty cool.
1: Yeah, these are very cool. Um, it's just it's either a framed blown up, um, uh, image or or maybe it's uh, a canvas. But either way, the Magneto one is it's pretty cool. It's pretty big too. There's a there's a neat sort of water. Well, I guess it would have been a frame probably from uh, across the Spider Verse of Gwen Stacy. Uh, a lot <laughs> of cool stuff here.
0: Another a Jim Lee Wolverine one that's pretty cool. It's like similar to the Magneto one.
1: Yep. Yep. we got some um, Fantastic Four panels, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, Look, there's some Link stuff there, a Link sweatshirt that looks hand-drawn to me.
0: Probably. Yeah. I'm sure the way to get around the copyright laws is to just hand-draw all of this stuff, even if you're tracing it. Right. I I don't know. I'm making stuff up now.
1: (laughs) But yeah, go check check that store out. Um, There's a comic cover poster. So we've got, uh, I'm sure there's all sorts of them but there's fantastic 4 number 1, amazing fantasy number 15 and x-men 101. Those would be cool to have
0: on the wall. Yeah. I wonder there's a guy I'm I'm, I'm sure, sh- sure if you buy him from like Mondo or one of those big poster companies.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's cool stuff. Um cool stuff. Check that out. Uh and thanks for thanks for listening, Jordan. Um and we'll see what happens with Kang. I mean, he certainly has been set up as the big bad of the MCU, but um I don't even know what's happening in the MCU
0: now, Adam. I guess the Marvels is coming up next. I think the next thing TV-wise is Loki.
1: Loki Season 2, which was set up to be Kang, but I don't. I haven't looked at any trailers. or No, I take that back. I did look at a trailer. Uh, it looks fun. Um, I didn't see anything Kang-related, but maybe they're just like, we don't know what's going to happen, so let's keep him out of there for now. Probably, yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if the... Was that a Guardians cliffhanger that they you see the the
0: the TVA show up? I th- was it was it
1: uh, Ant Man? It might have been Ant Man. You're right. I don't I don't think Guardians had a cliffhanger.
0: They just had Peter Quill and his grand yeah his yeah father, yeah yeah just
1: just yeah that makes sense.
0: Kind of like, and then more they sense. also had that the new they showed the new Guardians. That's right. That's right. By Rocket Raccoon.
1: Right. So
0: and everybody was listening to music.
1: Yes. Jason Goldstein from the website, he says that he's been listening for a couple of weeks. I think that was probably six months ago that, that we got that. <laughs> <laughs> he thanks us for covering these classic stories. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, man. <laughs> Clearly, we, we don't intend to stop, so there's, there's stories for forever. Yeah, we'll keep doing it as long as it entertains us. Yeah. Uh, French, he says, during the pickup game, Oh, this would be X-Men number like one or two or cool. three or four. It was four. Yeah. Uh Gambit calls Logan Mr. Serval, which was his superhero name in France until it switched to Wolverine
0: after the Singer movies. That's bizarre. I did not know that. Serval. What does Mr. Serval mean? Who knows? Frenchie, we need more information. Well,
1: let's uh let's just look it up. Serval French. <laughs> Ah, uh, nothing immediately comes up. Yeah. The Serval is a new generation of 4x4 armored vehicles for the French Army. Okay, well. well
0: this is Mr. Serval.
1: The worst part about Fenris' boob window is that it changes direction from one panel to the next. I believe that. I don't recall that, but I believe that.
0: Sounds Sounds accurate.
1: Bruce Glenn says, howdy, gents. I think you are spot on about your summation of all this new all-out action direction being Lee-driven. I think Harris was equally happy to see this as well. I would caution you to try to enjoy Lee's art as much as you can now because once it's gone, it will be dark, dark days for quite a while. I know. Miss, right? We know. It's probably some good stuff. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I also agree with you guys that Maverick is kind of dumb. And what really confuses me is that this first appearance in Wolverine number forty-eight, he is called Morse and comes in for two panels where he gets shot and then shoots somebody before seemingly dying.
0: Well, so let's... I went back to Wolverine forty-eight, and Morse is there, but there's there, there's no inclination that he's Maverick in that issue at least. So I'm wondering if this is retcon. Oh, which in which case it's a weird sort of pointless retcon yeah since like he says morris is a guy who comes in and gets shot so i don't know I'd, i'm curious if where we find this information out so let us know
1: uh yeah uh damien says you'll probably have forgotten by the time you read this but the inside out line you keep singing is from the diana ross song upside down i don't know what he's talking about do you
0: adam so, uh yes because i just added the, this episode. Um, so the last episode of X-Men that we did, number seven, I think the title was Inside Out and I was singing Inside Out and you were trying to guess what it was and, uh, we couldn't figure it out.
1: Okay. Well, there you go.
0: I I got, so I got this and I was like, it can't be Diana Ross. I don't know any Diana Ross songs, but I listened to the song and, uh, yeah, it, it, somehow this must've been a radio hit when I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I totally know this.
1: Song. You know Diana Ross songs.
0: I, I know Diana Ross songs, but I know I didn't know this one. I, I no. I, you did how, know it. How many Diana Ross songs do you know? Because I know I'm coming out. I know this one, and that's all that I can think of. What other Diana Ross song did? Like she has obviously the Supremes. I know a ton of their songs.
1: I don't know. There's there's a bunch of them. Obviously, because she's prolific uh, songwriter, but. Um, I'll bet you that if you went to Spotify right now and put the This Is Diana Ross playlist on, you'd be like, I know all of these.
0: Well, yeah, because they would play a ton of Supremes. Oh, well, that's true. And I would know all the Supreme songs, but I don't don't know any of her solo stuff. You're probably right. I probably know more than I realize. Yes. That's just the stuff of radio when we were growing up. Exactly. You don't know who it is. Maybe you
1: don't even know why you know it, but you'd hear it and be like, oh, I know the song.
0: So after I got this, I went back into the episode and edited a snippet of the song into the episode. And uh, hopefully we won't get a copyright strike. I don't. I'm sure we will. It was like I tried to keep it as quick as possible. I don't know if that even matters. I, (laughs) I don't know how copyright strikes work. We've gotten a few. On Spotify, yeah. So a little behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, so if you're listening through on Spotify and you're like, hey, seven episodes are missing, it's, uh, I
0: don't know, it's because we never went back and edited some music out. Well, weirdly enough, we did, but they didn't, some some of the episodes they remo- removed and some of them they didn't. So I don't know what's up with their decision making, but yeah, some of the stuff we went, I, I think we went back and edited all of it. I edited
1: some. I think you edited some. I don't remember. but
0: um, Yeah, I think we kind of divided it in half. I think there was an extra process we needed to do to tell them that we did that work. But, but I think you went through the process and they deleted all of your episodes and I didn't go through the process and they kept all of mine. Oh. Uh, so you shouldn't have gone through the process.
1: Clearly, I should not have gone through the process that they told me to go through. It's one of those uh, asking for forgiveness rather than asking for permission. I guess I asked for permission, even though I did the editing work, but whatever.
0: Anyways, a lot of the stuff that you did was you too. So it might've been just stronger copyright claims. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Islander or whoever owns Interscope or whoever owns that. Universal actually, I think is who it is. Um, They just one day went hardcore after a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I I, that's why I don't have access to um, YouTube on my primary Google account. (laughs) And it's been that way for like five years now. And I keep trying to appeal it, but they're like, nope, you violated copyright. So you can't watch YouTube with your primary account.
0: Oh, that's weird. But you can watch it if you log
1: out. I've got a bunch of Google accounts. So the only thing that sucked is like that was the account that I was using to like kind of build up my algorithm and like subscribe to stuff and like and all that sort of stuff. I lost all of that, so I had to kind of rebuild all of that on a different account. But it was uh, a case where I had all of these old, old MTV YouTube or YouTube uh videos that just they don't exist. Maybe they exist in some promotional material somewhere, but it was just like PSAs and commercials and promos for zoo zoo TV and all this stuff that's just like, who cares? Who cares about this? Uh, nobody's going to monetize this. I wasn't monetizing it. I was just like, here it is. I found all this stuff and I put it out there. Seemed pretty unique. And then one day I got an email saying, these three things have been copyright struck. And then another day is like, these five things have been copyright struck. And then the next day it was like, you're banned. And I was like, well, I didn't even have time to like address it. Right. And so, whenever I've emailed them, I'm like, guys, like I'm sorry, like I didn't mean to delete my. <laughs> I don't care. Like I would just like to be able when I type in YouTube when I'm logged in as me, I'd like to just be able to go to YouTube instead of getting this block page of like you did a bad thing and you're a bad person. So,
0: well, there it is. Now you know, don't mess with YouTube.
1: I guess, yeah, they're they're hardcore. Um, so maybe who knows? Maybe the same thing will happen with Spotify. We'll be perma banned from Spotify.
0: We did get a threatening letter that says if we get another uh, strike against us, I think we get banned.
1: It's so stupid, though, because, like, none of the stuff is, like, grandfathered in. It's like everything was fine until it wasn't fine, and you won't find out whether or not you're permanently banned until we decide you're permanently banned, even though this stuff's been sitting out there for all this time. So right. you just can't win.
0: Yep. True dat, yo.
1: So if one day we disappear off of Spotify, uh, that's why. Yeah. Not you know <laughs> uh anyways um cool why well, I, I, that's, that's that's it, it we, we got no b-sides we got no additional issues uh adam yeah. you, you got anything else
0: no no i don't,
1: I don't either we really have so until next time my name's jeremy my name's adam and the danger room is closed